millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello. It's me on my own. No Chris Glasson today. So I've been given the duty of doing the intro and the outro for this week's episode um not actually done this before gone solo on an intro um solo on an intro i like that um right so when we do the intros what do we have to do i know most of you probably skip the intros anyway that's fine um so we do a nice shout out to our sponsors which is bamboo creative and love beer we normally do a little shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network. That's all our friends over there. That's the big network owned by Scroobius Pippikins, um, our pod dad. Um, lots of good stuff over there. Um, Tuesday Night Jewel with Jim Smallman, uh, Jason Reese Stop and Search, um, Saucy George has got a really good podcast over there. She talks about drugs and shit. Um, what else? Distraction pieces itself. That's all right. Um, but there's a couple of new ones. So there's one from uh, Mr. Super Handsome, Brett Goldstein. Uh, film to be buried with. Um, I mean, I've listened to a few of the episodes so far. Well, I've listened to all the episodes so far. Um, he's got guests such as James A. Caster, Catherine Ryan. Pip's been on there. It's, it's pretty mega. Um, it's a good chat. Um, if you're not completely up to speed on um, Brett and who he is and what he does, um, go and watch Super Bob to start with. Um, but he's been a guest on Pip's podcast, and as a result of hearing him on Pip's podcast, I was like, mate, we need to get Brett on Hardcore Listing, and I'm going to probably, yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, Probably my favourite episode that we've done a hardcore listing. Um, Brett done two top fives, but it's the top five Brett does on his top five worst stand-up gigs. That's one of my favourite podcasts, if not my favourite hardcore listing to date. Um, so go and have a little look at that. He, not that he needs any more support. He's absolutely smashing it. It's It's gone crazy, and, and rightly so, because it's a cracking listen. So go and have a little go on that. There's another one with the not-so-handsome Stuart Whiffin um, called Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's my new podcast that I'm doing on my own. Um, it's just... Uh, it's, it's, I guess it's got a similar structure into uh, as Hardcore Listening so far as, you know, we've got like an anchor point of 
you've got to get your top five in. Well, I have seven questions on Off The Beaten Track podcast, and those seven questions I ask my guests, um, they have to answer those questions with a song selection. Um, and them seven song selections that I ask are generally kind of spaced out across their life. So we do a big life story chat. It's A lot of it is around creativity and the area they grew up in um, and how that area may have influenced and, and altered their creative journey. And we talk about all the music that they love. And it's not super cool music. It's the first record they bought and the first song that had an emotional impact on them and the song reminds them of school and it's, it's chat like that so it's, it's you know it's a nice little life story but loads of music chatting there as well which is what I like doing it's my kind of go-to thing nerding out about music and and being nosy about how people have got where they've got doing what they like doing <coughs> excuse me anyway today's guest is Mr Josh Weller uh, Chris and I went to the Hoxton Square Barn Kitchen and we interviewed Josh. Uh, Josh had a top five that he sent over in advance and lastminute.com went, no, I'm going to change it. And I'm glad he did. Um, go and check out Josh's back catalogue of stuff he's put out. Also, Josh is the front man for the Kenniths. Go and check them out. They're the shit. And what a funny dude Josh is. Um... I'm going to shut up and just get on with the podcast. Enjoy it. I'll see you at the end. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Yep, we're recording. Okay. Um, you right? Hello, Stuart with him. Yes, I'm very well, uh, following our live uh, show that we, we had here two days ago, Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. Yep. That's the first, the quickest plug we've ever done yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the podcast. Well, they've been nice to let us back, and we've got yeah. a, a day of recording today. Uh, yep. We've got three, three to record, yep. and this is the first. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, should we just get straight on and introduce... Who our guest is today? There's some some background noise before before we do introduce our guest, which um is the uh, the ventilator thing for the kitchen. So hopefully they're going to turn it off in a bit. Yeah, have you asked them? Yeah, this is an admin's type start to the podcast, isn't it? Keeping keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that we've ever picked it up here before. No. All right. Have we sent everyone to sleep with how we started this podcast? We weren't the most dynamic of uh, <laughs> beginnings, was it? No. Should we, should we uh, up uh, everyone's day? Yeah, let's um, let's 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 bring some uh, some electricity into the room um, with today's guest, uh, Josh Weller. Hello. You all right? Pretty good. How are you? We're all right. We're all right. Congrats on the live show. Thanks, Thank mate. you. So Thank you. One is it? It's third one we've done here. That was so. This one was another set out, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, all good. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, oh, that wasn't the news. first one? Yeah, it's our third time that we've done oh, it here. Oh, I retract we the congratulations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was it was no biggie, team. really. No, no. no. Okay, we, we're kind of, day in the sort of seasoned pros now, yeah. yeah. Another day in the office. Like, uh, <laughs> talking waffle to a <laughs> <Yeah>. room full <laughs> of people who keep coming back. Absolutely. Well, we've... Um, We've never met before. Nope. Um, we literally met five minutes ago. Yep. Um, had a brief update on the live show and how it dis dis descended into stories of, of people pooing themselves. <laughs> and a couple of poo stories we already had uh, with Josh um, before <laughs> we've even started recording. So um, It's a universal topic of humour, isn't it? Poo right. 
Who is never not funny? No, exactly. No. You, you'd be above your station if you don't. You know, yeah. You're trying to be too cool if you think that that isn't it's funny. It's an odd thing as well because it's all Pooh is always funny, but it's also when you're not prepared and you see someone like the other day, I just saw someone take a shit in the street and it was not funny. It was awful. <laughs> wow. I mean, sometimes yeah, yeah that's that, that's concur. Well, <laughs> and right, I, I, also I, I, I concur and I, also apologise. Yeah, and, and I'm also going to ask more questions about that. Uh, where was this? <laughs> it, was, it was in the phone box. <laughs> well, what do they get it used was, for now? Do you think that was a genuine? It was a guy. It was mistake. a guy. It wasn't. Uh, you know, like I. I understand if you don't have somewhere to shit and you don't have a home, yeah. then shit in the street. Go for it. Go nuts. Yeah, but yeah. he was wearing a suit. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing a suit. It was a Friday night around sort of Charing Cross. I say Friday night. It was Friday, Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. The wee small hours of the morning. Yeah. And he was taking a big... Steaming one. Jeez. He was just in a phone box. Just taking a shit in a phone box. And, it, and it, I mean, now I talk about it, it's really funny. <laughs> but in that moment, it's one of those things where you're like, oh my God, that's yeah. just... Oh, no. don't, you, can't, you don't need to see that. If you nipped in there to make a phone call, that's a... Yeah, but no That's one's now nipping. haunted by a brown <laughs> ghost. That <Yeah>. is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's still nipping no, in? No one's nipping in. No there, one's mate. nipping in to make. I, I don't even think they put those, ca- you know, the cards you know in what, there right? anymore. Sadly. Um, what, what card are you talking about? The, the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, oh, right. yeah, the collector edition. Collector's edition. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was up in Scotland, yeah, like, a couple of weeks ago, like. I, I went right to the top, we went up to John O'Groats, we went over to Orkney and we, we'd done a bit of a road trip and it was so remote. And that was one of the main things, uh, 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 swerving the mountains and the, and the wildlife and, and how stunning it was. I yeah. was like, check that, it's a phone box with a phone in it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're still like all over them up there. They're, That's crazy. It's, a, it's pretty nuts when you drive through like the, the Scottish Highlands and yeah. you do see like... Because you can't get a phone signal. But they're... they're cool as well mm. like phone boxes are like a, a beautiful old one on the side of a you know and they have new ones now in sh- around here that are like on the side of like adverts you can oh, punch in and make free phone calls oh I've really i've seen that yeah yeah yeah. they're all around here now it's kind of weird so when they first shut that. them down like the red ones yeah, yeah. like the, the ones that had the leather straps on the door can you remember so you hard to undo weren't they and uh and british telecom sold them off uh, I, I work for a nightclub in Essex, like, um, an alternative club, you know, forever and a day. And this this fellow bought a load of them, bought them off a of BT for like peanuts, and then sold them on. And so, he, like, we see this advert. This yeah. is probably like 20 years ago. Like, telephone box for sale. So he's like, fuck, you know. And we got there, and there was two left. And uh, and we said, like, we'll have both of them. And he said, like, no, there's only two. He said, you can have one. I said, look, we want two. And he was like. Tom Jones has just bought that to have it next to his swimming pool. Really? Does <laughs> <laughs> he have one in the brush? Yeah. yeah, yeah walk in the so. corridor. Yeah, the do you think he turned box. it into a changing room? Or do you think maybe there was a push button and it went down into a... It's, it's like a toilet. Like a I was going to say, it's a latrine. Just when everyone's wrecked at about three o'clock, you just go in there and have a turnout, it's fine. All right, well... We haven't come to talk about toilet conversions, have we? So, shall we... Get stuck into it. No. What what have we come to talk about, Josh? Well, so you guys asked me to do this about five days ago, a week ago? Yeah, about Something that. like that? Yep. Yeah. And um, I, I sort of descended into like a top five hell. Of <laughs> That's good, quite, though. That's what we want, mate. It's yeah. quite a thing to ask someone who, yeah. like, I spend my life, I, 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 I'm so consumed by just stuff, just pointless stuff, 
all the time. <laughs> Movies and music and trivia and knowledge and, you know, uh, just trying to just learn about as much pointless crap as I yeah. can. So this was really hard. It was really hard to come up with a... What I did is I, I came up with an idea. Right. And then I panicked and I came up with loads of other ideas. Right. For like a, for a top five list. Yeah. And I, I don't like the idea of defining things as well because... You know, your top five bands today will be yeah. totally different to your Tomorrow. top five bands. Yeah. Totally. Tomorrow, it changes all the time. Yeah. So before you settled on what you settled on, yeah. what, what was... What I've was got a list. Right, I, let's, I do it, let's, do let's do it, let's do it. So let's have your so top, these five, the top, top five, top fifth. These are the top fives that didn't make it. And then I even thought, mm. okay, I'm going to go really meta. I'll do a top five, top five. I knew you were yep. going to say that's yeah. fucking brilliant. I've done that. I did. So my fir- so the first one that I did was the one that I actually... Which is actually what the top five. Right. But then I went down a rabbit hole. I did top five Star Trek Next Generation episodes. Oh, you're not doing that? No. Oh, sweet. Oh, okay. Sweet. I thought that was too niche. Right, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never seen it. And I'll, You've I'll, never seen Star Trek? No. Oh, mate. <laughs> you have. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, oh, okay. I'm, I'm intrigued now. So, well, there's, well, my, my initial, I've actually got like, I've, I've got like 10 episodes here. I couldn't, I couldn't whittle it down before. <laughs> so you fucked it off. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But this, my, my obsession with Star Trek is, has been since, and really only the next generation as well. Yeah, because yeah. that was like, yeah, that was like late 80s, wasn't it? Started, 80s into yeah. early yeah, 90s, 90s yeah. yeah. And that's that's the one with uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And Data. And yeah. yeah, I've got some incredible facts on that now that I never knew because I've never seen it. You've never seen star- any of them? Uh, I saw Rafa Khan. I really liked that when I was growing up. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, that's a TOS movie. That's yeah. one of the yeah. original. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm well old. So like, you know, I kind of, that was... I was in my sort of mid to late 20s, I guess, when that was all coming out. Wrath so, of Calm came out. No, fuck off. I was about nine then, you knob. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing joke, dear, how old you are. So that has, that's made my day. Um, no, but my obsession with Star Trek is always about... See, see, I'm always defending it to my friends as... Uh, they think it's like a sci-fi... I mean, it is a sci-fi show, but that's not really why I love it. I, I don't really give a shit that it's in space yeah. or that they're on a spaceship. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that they can go really fast or that yeah. they can go to other planets. It's, I'm obsessed with the, the search for what it is to be a human and what right. the human condition is and why we strive for... I mean, the, you know, the great thing about... You know the character Data? Do you know who that is? Is that the one with the... No, that's Geordie LaForge <laughs> who wears the visor. Right, yeah, yeah. You were the chief engineer. <clears throat> D- D- Data was in the originals, wasn't it? No, no he wasn't. No. Fucking Data was the Spock <clears throat> of the next generation. Right, series. Okay. So Spock was always trying to understand humans. Yeah. And then when they made the next generation, Data was kind of the Spock-type character. Right, okay. Who was a robot android mm. who... Um, who was always striving to understand what right. it was to be a human. Okay. So that's my, I think that that's like a, a masterclass in writing because okay. he starts as this robot and then he becomes this, as the series progresses, he becomes more and more human. It's yeah, his man. quest to understand why we like love or why we like friendships or, you know, what relationships are to us or why mankind can't exist without war. He creates like. his own daughter at some point, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, so that's one of the episodes. That's right, the offspring. Right. That's the first one that mm. Jonathan Frakes directed. Oh, okay. Who played Riker. Who was the I num- didn't know he directed. Yeah, 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 that's the first episode they directed. Right. And that's an unbelievable episode yeah, where, yeah. where Data builds a child like an android child, gets in loads of trouble because he's, pr- he's created a robot without the permission of the captain yeah, yeah. and protests that if you're procreating, you don't need to ask permission and this is his way to, that he procreates. And then he goes to court and then they try to take the, the daughter off the ship and then the guy who comes to take the daughter off the ship, the, the daughter ends up malfunctioning 
and he has to op the data has to operate on his own daughter. And the guy who comes to mm. from Starfleet who comes to take her off the ship, I can just hear how much of a nerd I am. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving it. But when the when the when the uh, the guy from Starfleet comes to take the daughter off of the ship to take you know to because she's not really allowed to they're not really yeah. to ha allowed to have two of these singular androids exist on the same ship because yeah. it's too much of a risk. She malfunctions because she starts experiencing uh, fear, which androids aren't allowed to experience, so they don't have the, the like an emotional chip. Yeah. And then at the very end, even this guy who's come to remove her is so moved by the f by watching the father try to save her life. Yeah. It's an amazing episode. It's great. We should point out that uh, the data's daughter was actually just a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he built. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing you'll say about Star Trek. Yeah. is what I have and I always bore him and screw his pip about this is um, Battle, Battlestar Galactica the new version of that blew my mind I don't know if you ever watched that Didn't. but never watched it for the it's in space yeah. the relationships and the challenge of how they challenge religion science um, and politics yeah. and just human relationships it's fucking the shit Josh yeah. and I would really recommend it man that's sort of why I went off you know, the new Star Wars films as well, because they're so heavily based on the fact that it is in space. Mm. Right, right, yeah. You know, the original ones were sort of about a journey, and like yeah. the last one was... And pure, like pure, yeah, first like we can't rage on that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It was, yeah. Did, did you like it or not? No, I mm. actually went to see it the night it came out, yeah, and yeah. I was in Switzerland, yeah. and I didn't realise it was in German, so the beginning starts, <laughs> and the yellow... Text came up in German. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble Left the cinema. <laughs> and uh, no, I thought it was, no, I don't. It's like, um, it was, oh, I didn't Star like Wars it. Star Wars is sort of odd now. It's like, I don't know, it's like your favorite dessert. If you have it all the time, it just stops being special, you know? Yeah. And I just, I've, I've lost all interest in I'm it. I'm worried about Disney, you want to knock it out all the time. Just like one yeah. every two yeah, years. Yeah, it's yeah. like, there's, there's nothing special about that, you yeah. know? <sighs> Um, <laughs> you look really, you look no, really upset. No, honestly, I'm <laughs> so annoyed with the film. Um, yeah, I what could rage about it. you think Rogue One? It. I thought that was really good. Loved it. I, I think it was incredible, I Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was Great, right? shit. Like, my heart, you know, scene saw the end, my heart was pumping. Yeah. I was absolutely flying. when they all Because lots of unexpected stuff happens. Like I didn't expect there to be a big star battle at the yeah. end of it. And it had a sense of urgency. Yeah. And um, there was, you felt jeopardy in it. Like, you didn't know who would, like, live and die. And so, it actually, that is actually what a story is supposed to have. And I feel like, um, even, like, the most recent, uh, you know, Last Jedi, I just didn't feel jeopardy. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, it was too much eye candy and, I mean, and not enough. Awakens yeah. as well, I didn't, it was just like, I just, it was just like someone tapping you on the shoulder going, hey, you know, do you, <laughs> hey, do you remember the uh, Millennium Falcon? Yeah. There it is. Yeah, there it's it there. is. Do you remember uh, the first two movies? Yeah, okay, because it is just this. <laughs> Surprise! When I was watching it, I must say I quite enjoyed it, but, it, you know, I couldn't believe I was watching Force Awakens again. Uh, have they just remade the other films? I got, honest, too, I got, I got hammered before I went to see it oh, and, and fell asleep. Because <laughs> it was a midnight screening and yeah. I was so yeah. excited and I was so upset with how boring it was. Yeah. That, like, and it's, oh. it's odd as well, because like, the new Star Trek films, I thought they're all great. I mean, the hmm. second one's a bit iffy. First one's I great. First, first one's great. great. Second one, I think, think, again, for the reasons on the second one, um, I don't think they followed the, enough of some of the other characters that developed in the yeah. first one. Yeah. And, yeah. and the third one that Simon Pegro, I thought was brilliant, yep. the Beyond. It got really bad reviews, yeah. but I really, really enjoyed, no, I enjoyed it. it. It was like a really long version of the TV show. You know? I, 
thought it was great. Yeah, man. Um, anyway, well, I can take us out of this uh, uh, sci-fi hole. Rattle right off one. some more that didn't Top make the cut. Top five TV theme tunes. Oh, oh. gosh. Yeah. Yep. What yeah. would have been your number one? Frasier. Oh, nice. Frasier. Because it didn't have a theme tune. It had mm. an out. Because at the beginning, it didn't. It had, the, it had one at the end. Mm. Yeah. But, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Had like an outro one, but didn't have an intro one. Yeah. Scrambled eggs. It ended yeah. like that, didn't it? Something like that. At the beginning yeah. just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was in your fire for theme tunes? I can't. I would put the Friends one in there. Yeah. Purely because every time I hear it, it you reminds me that I'm unemployed and need to... Like, there's something... <laughs> it triggers this odd muscle, this, like, weird emotional but sadness for me, the Friends theme tune. Everyone makes... It's meant to make you happy. It makes me fucking sad. <laughs> but do you find... <laughs> it's a fucking irritating song. Oh, it is. It's um, just like, I, that, just, it's that tone in the voice. It's yeah, like it's I'm wearing a... I, I just... I'm always wearing a dressing gown on a Wednesday afternoon when I hear that fucking theme tune, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like it, <laughs> my life up, man. Crackers <laughs> and cheese, and just you know, masturbating too much, and like it's just there's something about that theme. That'd tune. be a great episode <laughs> of Friends, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is, that is. I, I feel we're paying just. Do you know what? It's work, really working like how we work as well. Like I, I find my, my nephew bought me a onesie, and I sort of was like, I'm never wearing that. <laughs> and then I find myself like I live on the ground floor flat. I find myself wandering around in that. <laughs> like, like you know, way past the point where oh. I should be dressed and changed, and people were walking past my front room, seeing like a, a thought, like a thirty-seven-year-old man dressed in a onesie, <laughs> just fucking his <laughs> life up, basically. I, I, f I think with, 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 with the Friends theme tune, it's like my my daughters are into it now, so they're they're, they're it's on how, all how the old time. Are your daughters? Uh, Fifteen and twelve. Oh, okay. So it's it's they've just discovered it, and it's you know for as a sitcom. It's pretty consistent, you know. Hmm. How do they like handle the sort of uh, th this reported uh, uh, generation, uh, millennial, whatever, of people it, now finding it offensive? Really? Uh, oh, mate, did you not read I those? I have missed the I boat say on people, this. I mean, like, a few people on Twitter. It's yeah. like, this is the thing. It's a, it's for, for, like, a mashable article to be written, it's like, <laughs> seven, seven people on Twitter were upset. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the youth of today is now annoyed. It's, it's an outrage. And there's also, there are, like, it, there are moments of homophobia mm. by modern standards the, yeah. the, the, in the, the show. The, there's things. I, I watched an episode last night, mm. and, uh, and Joey is talking about his ability to be able to pull women with Chandler in their mm. flat. And, and he talks about how he does it. And he puts yeah. his hand on Chandler's leg <laughs> and runs it up his thigh. Yeah, yeah. And then they're kind of eyes me and they have this moment and then they're like, right, should we man up? Yeah, let's have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, uh, did literally last night, mm. I just thought, well, that's quite strange. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't see that on TV now. Yeah, but yeah. I kind of didn't think anything more of it, but... Yeah. Things have changed, definitely. That's yeah. always well, the way. I, I find it odd to be offended by something that you that happened before you were born, or to be offended by like. I mean, if you watch like Archie Bunker from like the fifties, yeah. it's like it's yeah. fucking offensive. Yeah, but, yeah, like, of course. It's just you know, and it's but it's it's this idea of presentism that like you're offended by something that happened. Yeah, right. So that's like, that's interesting you say that, Josh. Right? Because when I was driving home from Scotland, I was listening to Radio Four, and they were talking mm. about um, the BBC. I think it's BBC or Channel Four. We're gonna, or it was Radio 4, we're doing a, a, a kind of a, a, a feature, and they had an actor to reenact the Enoch Powell Rivers of Blood speech. Mm. And, uh, and then it was completely two contrasting opinions on right. 
people just saying it's fucking the most racist thing ever that should never be fucking aired yeah. ever again. And then the argument is, well, it's it's part of our history. It happened, you know. Yeah. People don't, you know, unfortunately, some people do still subscribe mm. to that. But you can't change history. Yeah. So to talk about it would be strange. To, to yeah. not talk about to it would be strange it, as yeah. well. Mm. You know, so it was... Uh, well, there, there was petitions in America to, uh, and, um, uh, to drop the, uh, the character name Nigger Jim from Huckleberry Finn. Oh, it? God, yeah. Huck it was Huckleberry Finn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're, they're for it to be taught in classrooms now, there was active uh, petitions for saying it was, you know, offensive, and it's, but it's like it's part of the character, it's part of the history, and it's mm. part of the story. Who was a slave at that point, yeah. I'm sure, would have been referred to as that, mm. that in that and then part of And then, you know, there was a thing recently in New York with a woman trying to, uh, was it a p she was petitioning to get a painting removed from, I think, the Met Museum of a child, like in a kind of maybe potentially suggestive sexual pose of like a 15-year-old girl, but it was painted 100 years ago or something, and it's like... It's still part of your history. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to look at it in a sexual way yeah. now, yeah. or, or, or applaud it. it. Or yeah, or that yeah. it was even meant to. I mean, I've seen the painting and it's very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, can you send me a picture, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So my Mate, most recent picture on my phone. Like with the Friends thing is like I w I was watching an episode recently and like it's. Aside from all the fa like the fact that it maybe is offensive now, <laughs> which is insane. I mean, mm. I remember watching Friends. it as a kid. Like my yeah. mum's black, my dad's white. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, I can't believe there are no black people in New York. Like I just it was just my interpretation. <laughs> my God, there's yeah. no black people ever there's in like Friends, three is there? Three black people in the whole. What, in the whole, in the whole oh, Ross, show. Ross, Ross yeah. has a girlfriend at one point, Ross, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, Ross and Joey. There's a black girl who dates yes, both. Yes, that's them. right. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't. They weren't going to give it. They weren't going to have two black female characters. <laughs> no, in Friends. No, and then there's like. There's like some guy in the office who works for Chandler who's black. There's probably right. a couple more. But I don't think it was racist. I don't think it was racism. It was just, it, I mean, I don't think they did it to be racist. Yeah. I just yeah. think there was maybe or definitely an inherent racism in television film, uh, television film industry then. And it's yeah. got a lot better mm. um, now. And like, but, uh, and above all of that, I was watching it recently and I was like, how the fuck did someone get away with actually writing a monkey? into the arc of this TV show. <laughs> yeah. There's someone, they were like, hey guys, I've got, I've had this great idea. How about, we have these six people in New York. Oh, you want to add a black guy to the, no, 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 no. Oh. Monkey, right? <laughs> Frasier got the dog. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it must have yeah. been. They yeah. must have seen the dog in Frasier and gone, we need a dog. Sling like something it's like, furry Because it's there. like prop yeah. comedy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, and yeah. then I watched the episode where they get rid of the monkey and it was like an, it was one of the fucking funniest bits of TV I've seen recently where it, they made it really emotional. Yeah. Like he gives, gets rid of the monkey and he's, he's just had a kid as well. Yeah. In the, in the, in the, in the uh, series at this point, Ross has just had a kid. Yeah. He has a human child and he's upset that he has to get rid of his monkey. I don't think I'd give a shit. Yeah. Once I mean, I, oh, you know, Chris is welling up at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did I have? I, I had top five 80s comedies. Oh. Another smashing one. But I put in, I put Predator in there. I don't know if that counts as a comedy, but it's fucking funny. So Predator. It's a great film. Don't bring that up. You're, you're, yeah, that'll be, yeah, that'll be in for the next yeah, three yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. a comedy. You go to this motherfucker. Get up this one more time. I bleed you real quietly. You're here. Got that. Like, it's a comedy. Oh, it's great. I'm going to have me some fun. Uh, what other so 80s comedies are in there, Josh? I want to know. Uh, okay, so number one, I knew. So I knew that Dairon Scoundrels would be number one. Oh right, films. Mm. Yeah, 80s comedy movies. Yeah. 
J-Rod Scoundrels, Michael Caine, Steve Martin. Yeah. Like most underrated mm. comedy, I think, of all it's time. It's cracking. Yeah. Uh, I obviously like Ghostbusters, Trading mm -hmm. Places, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Blues Brothers. And then I had a bunch of Woody Allen films. And then I was like, I can't, I can't go on there with a bunch of Woody, because now you can't, yeah. can't talk about how yeah. I like Woody Allen films. Yeah, that's all so weird. That's out. So Broadway, Danny Rose, Radio Day. He, he had a good run in the 80s Mike. as well, Woody uh, Allen. Uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Hannah and Her Sisters. Yeah, Radio Days, Broadway, Danny. Broadway, Danny Rose has one of my favorite one-liners of all time. I, I haven't seen it. Have you I seen haven't, it? no. It's where he plays like a shitty talent agent manager who ha who's had a bunch of acts who've got big. I have seen it. But they've all ditched him as they get big. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, there's a, the, the, the great line is he's talking to Mia Farrow and he's, she's talking about how her husband's dead. And she says to him, he goes, where's your husband? He goes, uh, the mafia shot him in the eye. And Woody Allen goes, he's blind? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, no, he's dead. And he goes, of course, because the bullet keeps going. <laughs> uh, and then I went into like a weird nerd territory where I did top five snare drum sounds. Right, you did that. You definitely lost me on that one, Stu. Um, right, so I've got a few that I'm going to throw in now. Hit me. Um, the first <laughs> album by Ride... Um, I, I love the snare sound on that, mm -hmm. um, and I really like the snare sound that the Deftones use on White Pony. RX Queen, hmm. that drum beat at the start of that song—is it? What's his name? Abe Cunningham. Uh, uh, what on the, the drummer? Yeah, Abe. Yeah. Abe I always say, I want, always want to say Richie Cunningham. <laughs> that would be even better. But that's Ron Howard from Happy Days. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Abe Cunningham is the drummer in the Deftones. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the greatest snare drum sounds. I still don't know how they got that sound. Yeah. And then on the chorus of that, there's a lot of sampled snares on that oh, record as well, right? Awesome. It's phenomenal. Yeah. 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 We that won a Grammy, didn't it? It should have done. Kind of like if best it didn't. rock album, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we talk about this quite a lot. And it's like, I was talking about it with some people that come to our show on Saturday um, about the Deftones. It's for me, like, DJing around the time of the, the new metal thing. I, you and Pip grew up. You're, you're friends with Pip as well. He, he yeah. said to say hello, by well, the we're way. We're not friends. I know and, him. Uh, but he's, he's uh, a prick. Ironically, he said exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so give him a wedgie. He didn't say anything. He just made a face. <laughs> give, give him yeah. a wedgie and bluefish him. <laughs> yeah. He actually texted me when you text him. Right. And it was just a screen grab of your text saying, do you know Josh Weller? And he just said, what have you done? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, that was actually followed with, yes, he's a really nice guy. That's going to be a good yeah, chat. Yeah, that's a <laughs> sweet lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I fucking talking about? Deftones. And yeah. I was saying, like, that, that whole thing with new metal, it was wasted on me. Like, I just weren't into it. And you and Pip loved all your like, Limp Biscuits and Papa Roach kind and all that. Way. We I knew, we knew, we knew what We knew what but, was going on but there. But Deftones kind of, like, weren't that. It, no, no, no. no. They, they, got, got they got bundled in, in and it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. They were not a new metal like, band. No. This is, I mean, I take real, I have issues with the term pop punk. Like, the Kennedys mm. gets, my band gets called pop punk quite a lot. And I'm, we're not a fucking pop punk no. band. But, and, and we get, you know, whenever there's a sweeping popular genre, I mean, like Jimmy Eat World as well. That Bleed American album is a great pop rock record. And that's all it is. It's a great mm. pop rock record. But it is, and they're, define, they're a definitive emo band. You yeah. Know? Like, Deftones were just a kind of rock band. They, they yeah. took... For they me, didn't, they didn't rap. Did no, they? there was no, there was no, no, there was no, no samples. They were there was, more, there was no me. pair of turntables. I mean, if you compare that to, if only we could fly. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, uh, for me, when, when when I heard Minerva for the first time, I was like, just sounds like the shoegaze shit I grew mm, up on. I yeah. was like, this is fucking 
amazing. Yeah, and he's, he stood the test of time. Hasn't yeah. He? yeah, that's got one wow. of the most uh, like rewarding choruses yeah. in any song ever. Yeah, it's because it takes so long to yeah. fucking get mm. there. And it's like I don't care where, just far. And he shouts, yeah. and then he's he's a beautiful voice yeah, as well. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but we say they stand stand the test of time. Way, excuse me, way better than new metal. Yeah, in general. Right? Well, we done we done still there because it wasn't. I met him. Chino. Chino. I wanted to say Shay, but that's mm-hmm. that's not. Shay. Let's go with Shay. It wasn't like Shay Guevara, Shay. was it? Like Chino Marino. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Chino Marino. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, great. I met him in, in Westfield in Stratford. Fuck off! Yeah. Man, really? He was buying a belt. That yeah. is brilliant. How pedestrian. You'd be yeah. like, that's fucking... Ch-. I didn't expect... Given you're a musician, Josh, you'd expect you'd probably bump into him backstage somewhere or whatever. Well, no, that's, that would be assuming we have a gig <laughs> as high profile as well. So <laughs> that's, like, that's completely not going to well, happen. We've we done top five musical collaborations, both good mm. and bad, last week. And, I listened to this, and, by the way. And I put um, yeah. Passenger yeah. by Deftones with... Um, Maynard, yeah, what is yeah, his yeah. name? Keenan yeah. from Tall, yeah. yeah. I had to refresh right. myself and listen to that the other day. And yeah, yeah you're so right. That's, that's one that takes ages. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get that chorus, oh, mate, it is spunktastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it really is, mate. Uh, spunktastic, uh, What else should I have? I had top five 90s pop songs. Oh, but then it went off into like a weird subcategory that was top five 90s pop songs with ridiculous lyrics Right. Okay. as well. So I had Live in La Vida Loca in yep. there, oh, yeah. which is an odd... Pop song because it's the second verse in that song is really, really dark. Is that is it, she's into superstition? The first no, verse. she's into superstitions, black cats and voodoo dolls. Dolls. Yeah. I've got a premonition that girl's gonna make me fall. Yeah. And then the second verse is I woke up in New York City in a funky cheap hotel. She took my heart <laughs> and money. She must have slipped me a sleeping pill. Like that's yeah. a fucked up like. Spice Girls never sung like that, <laughs> did they? Do you know what I mean? No. It, it, yeah, that's, that's no. not your... I feel uh, like had a woman sung that, it would have been a cause yeah, for incident. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whoa, hang on a minute, what happens? Yeah. You went back to someone's hotel room, they slipped you a pill, and now you've woken up yeah. naked yeah. with no money. In an ice bath without a liver. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever hear, talking oh, oh, about urban legends like that, did you hear the one about Ricky, when uh, it was supposedly on like, Spanish television, and it was like Noel's house party, and they'd set up a room in some girl's house, and he was hiding in the cupboard. And when she came home, she just went upstairs and Ricky, Ricky's hiding in the car, cupboard. But she's gone upstairs with some pate and spread it on her never regions and her dog's eating it out on live Fuck off. Hang on a minute. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Martin? Well, who's he? He's like living to be La Yeah. Yeah. And he's hiding in the he's hiding in the what, cupboard. And the cameras are all out of jump out. <laughs> yeah, and he's in, he's in the cupboard. <laughs> Did you just say live in La Vida Lotus? Loca. That's incredible. For that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... An, uh, I never saw it, but, you know, that was back in the days when you didn't just have the internet by your hand to just check anything your mate said to you. That's oh. incredible. So that I'm watching him recently. I've just been watching that TV show about the assassination of Versace. And, Ricky uh, Martin's... He, yeah, Ricky yeah. Martin killed Versace. No, no. Ricky Martin um, <laughs> was, um, was plays Versace's um, partner. You're kidding. And, uh, oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. Ricky Martin that. looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah, he, so he, he, he looks he, uh, incredible, isn't he? Is he sleeping well. in Tupperware? Does he look fresh as a daisy? Does he, he is, he's a hot, like, he's like, what, is he 50? No. He can't, I don't, if he I was 30 he's when my that song I he's about 45. <clears throat> he still looks banging. Yeah. I haven't seen a recent picture. He's aged mm. better than you. Uh, top five Bon Jovi songs as well. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's pip, two people who don't pip, give a... Pip would I've only recently discovered how brilliant and awful... This is the great thing about Bon Jovi, is they have some of the best, like, Runaway by Bon Jovi is a phenomenal song. 
whereas Always by Bon Jovi is one of the worst <laughs> songs I've ever heard in my life, but it's still brilliant because of how bad it is. They're one of my wife's favourite bands, right? And so yeah. I have to... She goes to watch them at Hyde Park every year and all of that shit. And I read somewhere, and, and it was in Q or Select way back in the 90s, and they said, like, John Bon Jovi would love to be seen as Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Like, as a, and he's never going to be seen as... He's never going to be credible, like the music press that one, say yeah. that Springsteen yeah, 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 is, yeah. or Tom Petty, or someone like that. But then someone said, the thing is, with Bon Jovi, it's like having a finger up your arsehole. <laughs> you love it, but you don't really want to tell everyone about it. <laughs> and I thought, that pretty much sums up Bon Jovi. But, Did you ever uh, watch the, uh, there was a documentary I think it was called When We Were Young, about 10 years ago, and it's all in black and white, which is an odd decision that they, an artistic directorial decision that they made. And it's just them, it's right before, because they kicked out Richie Sambora, the guitarist, a few years ago. And they made this documentary just before they kicked him out, and it's, it's like Spinal Tap, but real. It's, it's oh, phenomenal. Wow. Like, just Richie's, there's a great bit where Richie Sambora goes, people, want it, people always ask me, what's the American dream? How about this? Guitarist, grew up in a garage in New Jersey, becomes a guitarist in the biggest rock band of all time, marries Heather Locklear. That's the American dream. And I was like, God, man, that, just, that sentence just sounds like <laughs> so much cocaine happened right before they called action. But and they put it in black and white to mark it over. And it, to me, that doesn't feel like a weird choice. In fairness, I think if I married Heather Locklear, <laughs> I've lived the dream. <laughs> she was the best. Yeah, she was pretty. Yeah, this she bit was dreamy. There. But that's the same as the Metallica film, right? That's pure Spinal yeah, but, Tap. But I think that the, the fact... Yeah, I guess, but they, there's something about some kind of monster that, like, the self-awareness it takes to, to know what they made was absurd. That they spent $2 million just keeping a recording studio that they didn't record in for two years. And that they just... That, you know, they were only allowed to work between the hours of 10 and 3. And that the therapist wanted to started writing lyrics for the band and that the producer started <laughs> thinking he was in the band. Sounds like Brian Wilson. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that's... I think there's a genius in them taking a step back from the film yeah. and going, oh, wait, we're, this makes us look insane. Uh, yeah, but put it's, it out. It's still but do you making. think they did? Do you think... Like, oh, absolutely. Like, do you think... Like, I don't like, think Lars Ulrich is an idiot. Right, and I'm not going to say Lars because I, I was going to say Hetfield because I think he is. I don't think he's that self-aware. But how can you not be? How can you... Because if you're in one of the biggest bands yeah, of all exactly. time in the world and you must have so many people blowing smoke up your yeah. ass. Yeah. And I just think, does someone ever just go, <coughs> Reality mate, you look distracts. like a, you look like yeah. a knobhead yeah. on that? Just Imagine yeah. having only ever heard the words yes from the age of yeah, 18 yeah. years old. There's no way that you wouldn't be insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, they made a demo tape and then they invented a genre. Yeah. And then they didn't win a Grammy. You know, they lost the uh, the first year they did Best Metal Award. They lost to Jethro Tull. Yeah. Should have swapped your guitar for a flute, mate. Yeah, and then no. eventually, I think the next year they won Best Metal Record or something. And then and then they sold. They make a hundred million dollars a year on merchandise still. Because that's the thing, though. But how it, would you? How can wild. you not be because, crazy? Because youth culture. And if you look at like, you know, I grew up in the band t-shirt mm. era. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Early 90s. You've got one underneath that, ever, you? Yeah, I'm just wearing my, um, my spiral carpet t-shirt. No, <laughs> um, but like everybody <laughs> wore band t-shirts. Mm. And as a DJ, I would see who was coming in my club 
and I'd be like, right, there's four people over there in a Wonder Stuff t-shirt, and there's a couple of people over there in a Pop Elite Stuff t-shirt. I know what they're into. No, so But you don't really get that many people wearing band t-shirts mm. anymore, apart from metalers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. metalers still wear their colours with so much yeah. pride, don't they? You know, and they are still such a, it's still such a sort of, little movement and it metal mm -hmm. like you know and it still comes through the every guitar year. genres there's still a huge like i think people still really buy merchandise because they know that it supports the band in a way that is like that the band absolutely needs Pip, I think. pip's big on merch and he like people yeah. like it's how we make our yeah uh, it's how we manage to tour yeah. jay beans on toast was telling us his is how he does his merch is fucking genius mm. and like we, we always said that when when it all started coming around and mp3s and all this shit was happening well that's when the three was like you've got to come think, in, you've and got and to think of other ways to make your money because it's not going to be from selling your records anymore mm -hmm. so you know it's got to be about the people experiencing your music live and, yeah. and Buying shit off you if they yeah. like you, so yeah. yeah. What, what else we got in the five drops? Because we uh, are near. We, we how long? How, how far? <laughs> we have been going song? for thirty-five minutes. We should have done top five, five top, top five. five. I also top had five. top five cocaine songs, but we can skip that. Okay. <laughs> which is all the songs that to me just sound like they must have been written on cocaine. The Brilliant. whole of the Scarface soundtrack, I think. Yeah, I had I had on Take that. on Me, Africa, Maniac. Uh, don't stop believing. Yeah, the energy in Maniac is incredible. <laughs> it's that little piano line at the beginning. Oh, no. It's brilliant. And, uh, uh, we uh, didn't start the fire. That, to <laughs> me... <laughs> I always thought that was like Joel's like take on It's the End of the World As We Know It by R.E.M. It just seemed like Which it was... Which one came first? Oh, R.E.M. By, by quite a few years. That was... was End of the World As We Know It. the 80s though, right? Oh, no, it, maybe it was 90s we didn't start a fire. I reckon we didn't start a fire was probably about 1991 and about End of the World As We Know It got re-released when R.E.M. blew up with... The Out of Time album, but that that was on. Um, are you are you a big RM fan? Massive, no one way. of my favourite bands. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. What's uh, your favourite album? <laughs> Life Rich Pageant. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay, mine's Around the Sun. No, it's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to you admit, know what, man? Reveal, underrated record. It, it, it really is. It really is. One um, of my favourite music videos of all time as well. The, uh, um, oh my god. That sugar cane, that tasted uh, imitation good. Imitation life. It's a great song. The yeah. video is unbelievable. Just that giant loop. But I think one of their greatest singles is a great beyond. The great yeah, beyond, yeah, like yeah. from the um, Jim Carrey film. Yeah. Like, and I just think that's, I just think it's beautiful. And I think I was listening to a lot of REM last week when we was doing the collaborations again. I, I, I had radio song with KRS One, mm. and uh, and I also had Stipe guesting on. Uh, Christine Hershey's Did you Your have, Ghost. Uh, Ebo the Letter in there as well. With, yeah, yeah, of Kate course. Smith, with, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is that album yeah. is is the one that when it came out, I thought was absolutely incredible. And I've gone back to it, and it it doesn't deliver like a lot of the other stuff does to me now. What Ebo the Letter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's not. Well, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, the album. Yeah, it's such. not their best record. Yeah, um, for me, what, what is your favourite album? I mean. It would be, I want to say Monster. I love everything about Monster really? except the songs. Yeah. Which wh wh what was? Uh, Let me in is my favourite. What was on Orange that album. Crush on? Green, which is probably it was between Green and, and Life Rich Pageant for me. Yeah. There's a track on Green called. But what's Hair the frequency? Shirt. Kenneth is a great. Mad story as well, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I love uh, the Reckoning. So I think that's a really underrated REM just, record. Just got Harbourcoat on it, which <sighs> is a fantastic. Fucking hell. And I love how reluctant a frontman Michael Stipe is at the start of his career, and and how he becomes this powerhouse. Uh, and also the fact that they split up is 
like there's yeah. so many bands now when I'm like, oh dude, just just stop. Just stop putting out, please. Because well, you're, we, you're, you're ruining your legacy. We said Weezer. at the live show, didn't we, yeah. about Weezer, how the fans oh, dude, set up a I, I group had, I had to stop them. I had top five Weezer them. songs. Yeah, I had a top five Weezer songs <laughs> as well. That was my other... <laughs> how their fan club set up a thing to stop... The, yeah, stop to raise money records. to stop because them making Weezer, albums. It's, I mean, the first two records are complete genius yeah, rock absolutely, records. absolutely. And I'm a big fan of the Cars as well. Yeah. So Ricky Karsek from the Cars produced the first Weezer album and he produced the Green album, the third album. Who done Pinkerton? Uh, they, I think they self-produced right. on that. And uh, I mean, Pinkerton is a masterclass in... It's my Okay, so my, my top five, actual top five, which I, I think we should just skim over because I feel like the ones I didn't do are better than my actual <laughs> top five. But my, my actual top five is top five lonely songs, oh. which you could just put any Weezer song in there. Right. And like Pinkerton is a, is a masterclass in lonely songs. Songs or albums? Yeah, yeah. Songs. Okay. Top five lonely songs. Right, lovely. And... Uh, but I mean, Tired of Sex, really lonely song, the opening track from Pinkerton. And then Anything in the Garage is a yep. great yep. Uh, lonely song. And uh, The World Has Turned and Left Me Here. Like, but, like they're all, he, he, he was, I, and I don't think that Rivers Cuomo is a, now a bad songwriter. They still fill arenas. And, you know, every few years, you know, I don't think Beverly Hills, even though that song's 10 years old, I don't think it's a bad song. It's not a great song, But there's something about, again, like, how can you continue to write? If, 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 you're, if you're four nerds who play hacky sack, who become millionaires, and then you have to write songs imitating nerd culture when you're rich, how can you continue that? How can you rap, continue rap, being rap, Rappers sometimes like, struggle that. Like, Dizzy Rascal, sort of like, from grime, from the streets where he came to, to sort of like his poppy sort of sensibilities that mm. he got... We've said, it's tough, isn't it? But he, was, he tried to say, well, I'm just talking about what I am now. But yeah. that, will, that will alienate your original fan base. Because I, I say to you about Arctic Monkeys, because you like what they do now. And I, I, I'm I not like Tayem. I thought it was a and, good record. And I, really I want to hear them talking about kids in tracksuit bottoms yeah. with Paul Q scrapping in. Like, yeah. and I like, can they? Yeah. But they're not going to because no. of that life. They, they also they're partnered up with Josh Holman. No, of course not. They're not yeah. those kids. Anymore. But I no. do find, like, I, I loved Alex. Alex Turner was so important for me as a kid. Mm. This nerd looking at his shoes, playing this aggy fucking yeah. rock music with these lyrics I, yeah. I knew. Yeah. And then uh, he's become like karaoke Uncle Elvis <laughs> now. <laughs> like with the slick back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And it's like, I, be yourself. You're, yeah. You know, you be yourself. Yeah. But yeah. I, I personally now find it hard to connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, I, I yeah. can't connect with, with it. this. Like, I'm really cool now. The, the look, yeah. the look, the, the look. Yeah, they're trying to see and find their feet of how but they AM come was forward. A good, like, why do you only, why do you only call me when you're high? Great song. Yeah, it's great. And then, what's that song called? Bar- not Barbarella. Um, yeah. Do I want to know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, crack him. All so right, so top five lonely songs. Let's do it. Should we get into it? Yeah. Okay, which one do I start with? Okay, so I have a Beach Boys song. 
Perfect. I just wasn't made for these times. Oh, which I right. saw. I saw the Pet Sound show. Uh, the Hammersmith Apollo recently. Did oh, you go? Was you Hammersmith? Was you down South End? End. Yeah. No. Well, oh, so like, around end of last year. Yeah. End of last summer. Yeah. We, and he had. Um, Blondie Chaplin. Al Jardin. <laughs> yeah, Al Jardin was yeah, 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 yeah. And Al, uh, Al Jardin's son. Mate, he had some pipes on him. Jesus Christ, yeah. And uh, it's, you're not really going to watch Brian Wilson. You're going to watch. You're not going to watch Brian Wilson perform. You're going to watch Brian Wilson sit down and watch Pet Sounds performed while he occasionally chips in. Yeah. And once you you acknowledge that he he doesn't need to be able to sing anymore. Yeah. I don't need him yeah. to be yeah. this virtuoso on stage he, yeah. as long as he's present. And like he's just in the. You're in a fucking room. Like I, yeah. I went to see Woody Allen. Like at the Royal Albert Hall again. I can't really talk about Woody Allen, but like <laughs> just being in the same room as Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah. He didn't touch me. Yeah. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong age. <laughs> but um, like the the Brian Wilson show was it was phenomenal, man. To see those songs, and they did like 30 hits, and then did Pet Sounds. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. He he come on at Southend and he went. Um, we're going to play Pet Sounds, but should we just play some other ones? Ooh. And he just went straight. He started with California Girls, yeah. and it was like, oh, fuck's sake, this is, this is just going to be incredible. And everyone there, I mean, it was a mixed age group, but there was lots of men 20 years older than me, and lots of people kind of my age and stuff in there. And everyone was just... They've got good wheelchair access. In everyone, <laughs> yeah, but everyone was just kind of chin scratching and standing there with their arms mm. crossed like watching it loving it when he just the lights went down it just lit up the piano and he played God Only Knows and I, I got I just looked around and I've never seen so many middle-aged men trying not to cry their bottom lips were just going left right and centre and it was it was fucking magical and the best thing about it not one prick had their phone out filming yeah, it I noticed that as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like one person was filming yeah and like what, what, did, what did he end with, that show? Was it Heroes and Villains? No, or, uh, he, Love finished, and, uh, uh, he finished with uh, In My Room. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, it was, I don't know. He, he's, that album for me, I bought that record on CD in Sound Clash in Norwich when I was, I used to go up, get the train up to the city on weekends, buy CDs. I'd steal my parents' CDs I bought. I w I'd go to Woolworths, buy new jewel cases, and then put all my parents' like old oh, CDs nice. that weren't scratched in these new jewel cases, and then take them back to not Soundclash, it was HMV. Take them back to record stores where you didn't need receipts. Yep. And then get like a voucher, and then buy records with it. Yeah. This is good. And I remember that's a good hustle. It was just the CDs were were dying, so everything was like three ninety nine, you know. And I bought Pet Sounds, and then would listen to it every day on the way to, to school. And I, it just, that song was like being a mixed race kid in Norfolk. Like I, I think, I don't, I don't think I saw any other mixed race people yeah. apart from my, you know, my mum and my sister. And like, I don't know, just, and not feeling like, you know, I, I wasn't into sports and I wasn't into, you know, just that song, like, what's the opening line? Uh, I keep looking for a place to fit yeah. in where I can speak my mind. It's like, that's an unbelievable... They say yeah. i got brains, but they ain't doing me no good. Yeah. Oh. And it's got a theremin solo. Yep. <laughs> you know? It's just such a beautiful... And I think it's it's on the tail end of the record, isn't it? It's like the yeah. penultimate song, maybe. Or maybe it's the last... Yeah, the last song on the album? Caroline. 
No, Caroline No is the... Caroline No, yeah. No, I think that's the, the fourth song, I think. I think that follows Wouldn't It Be... No, uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice is after that, it's a... Don't talk... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Um, Caroline No is, is my, my favourite. song on the... I don't... Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, they're all brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, I'm... It's just... I mean, it's, it's such a cliche to call that album a masterpiece. It, it, it is, right? And, and my two faves are that and what's going on. And yeah. they are the ones that kind of cue readers and mojo readers <laughs> like regard as a great but there's a fucking reason for that mm, yeah. it's because he's fucking great it's as simple as that you know it's like th there's a reason that everybody listens to that t you know even when you're fresh years now you still think this is out of time it doesn't sound like anything else it's mm. just fucking incredible and like you know that the I don't think it's Muso to say that that's, that's a masterpiece is it's what's going on is that the one with which has got sexual healing on it um, that's the last album. That is uh, Midnight Love. Before his dad shot him. Yeah, Midnight Love is when um, he discovered the 808, and so oh, okay. that that because so is that 70s and uh, 80, 81, I think, because they were saying, "Have you watched the 808 documentary on Amazon no. about the evolution of the drum machine?" I was watching it the weekend. Wow. It's fucking incredible. It obviously starts with fucking craft work, and yeah, and, and then it obviously goes and it goes. Uh, Saint Lowe presents it, and it goes and it goes over to the states, and then it talking to all the different sort of hip-hop producers and they talk about Planet Rock how that comes together and like Bambata's not on there because I think he's in a bit of trouble as well and he um, but who, who was? Africa Bambata oh he's in trouble uh, KRS1 yeah. they're all getting shaved yeah KRS1's in trouble all as well isn't yeah, he yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, but then the two remaining beasties were on there talking about and they were saying like and, and they had Phil Collins on there and they were saying when you listen to things like One More Night and all of that, that stuff like Another night, another day in paradise, whatever it's called. Mm, mm, that, that snare drum. Like, it's, that all, it's all 808. Wow. And, uh, and he was saying, as a drummer, I mean, uh, you know, you can't get a drummer to just play ding, ding, like for fucking 15 <laughs> minutes while you're trying to work it out because he wants to do something else. He wants to show off. He said, So I just bought an 808. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and, it, and they were saying they couldn't believe that this guy that had been making this incredible orchestrated soul music like Marvin Gaye not Phil Collins um, <laughs> then just had this thing and it was just fucking sexual healing but he went out to Berlin to do it I'm sure it was Berlin or Hamburg and then it cuts in the film to Solwax who found one in his second hand shop that had come from his studio and when they got it they pressed play in the preset was Shut what they up. used to record sexual what? healing and so like yeah it's pretty fucking mad little doc like I heard this about the guy who wrote uh, the synth, the, the theme tune to Stranger Things. Like, he had to buy a second synth because he didn't want to mess with the presets of how he got that sound for the yeah, theme tune. Yeah, right. Um, it, it, that was pretty good. I, was, I, I, loved, I loved just the, the theme tune for that and the, the intro uh, graphics that they did on Stranger <laughs> Things. Is that well, the well, theme well, tune? Was there, was there like, had it been used for something else then? Uh, what, the Stranger Things? Yeah. No, I, he, no just, he just liked it. He, he just, I think they were like, well, we're probably going to get a second series or something. And he was like, oh, dude, I don't, I, he, I, I, like, he just didn't want to touch any of the presets yeah. that had recorded that sound. So he had to go buy the same, like an exact replica Wicked. of that synth. But like, Sexual Healing's an odd song. I, the opening line is, oh, baby, like let's make oven, love isn't it? Isn't it, oh, baby, let's make love tonight? No, isn't it? Mm. I need some loving. I'm like an oven. I only heard it on the radio the other night, and I'm I was like, just like, "That's an, an insane yeah. first lyric for a song." Oh baby, let's make love tonight. I'm hot just like an oven. Yeah, it's I hot like an oven because yeah. I need some loving. That's like, 
that takes some balls to write that <laughs> yeah. down and go, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I'll run with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got to be so sure that you need sexual healing. Yeah. And that you're, you've got to have a serious libido to write the lyrics. Or a temperature. Maybe he just had gonorrhea and he was just fucking burning <laughs> On up. On fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to dip in a pint of milk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was next on the list? Okay, so my next one was uh, uh, I'm the One by The Descendants. Okay. Punk rock bands. One of yep. my favourite yeah. punk rock no, bands. I'm, I can't think of that. Uh, it's not a really well-known song, but I encourage anyone listening to this to check out The Descendants. The Descendants invented the kind of melodic punk genre. The front man was? Uh, the front man is Milo Walkerman. The drummer is Bill Stevenson. So mm -hmm. Bill Stevenson was in Black Flag. Mm -hmm. He was uh -huh. later in The Lemonheads. He's still in The Descendants. And he, he, he's like one of my punk I mean, I have a Descendants tattoo on my leg. Like, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. And uh, What Lemonhead stuff did he play on? He did the n mid, no, the late 90s stuff. Right, so he didn't do Shame About Ray no. and... No, 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 he didn't do that. He, he fi I think he filled in, him and uh, Evan Dando yeah. are like bros. Right. So they, he, he did a lot of drumming for them, I think, around the late 90s. Nice. And, uh, but I'm the One is just a phenomenal, it's on Epitaph Records, it's on the album Everything Sucks, which is uh, the first Descendants record. That, so they started in the mid-70s, and they did an album in 1996. And when, when most bands get back together, it's generally not always great. And they made this, like, unbelievable punk rock record. Um, and that's, again, I bought that album when I was about 10, 12 years old, and it's, it, it changed my complete perception of music and it's just a song it's a, it's is there is it does it ever take you back to a place oh mate completely that? and and uh, bill produces all the records and he's a phenomenal producer and uh, uh the record still sounds new still sounds like a great like a band in a room i love records when it just sounds like they put microphones up and and hit record, you know, there's so much energy. And these guys, I guess they were 35 when they made the record, and like, you know, there's so much fucking anger and like nerd rage. And But I'm the One is a song about watching a girl that you're in love with, with an abusive partner or a boyfriend who's a dick, and, uh, and just waiting in the wings and just saying, I know that, you know, I know that you and me are meant to be together, and I, I just have to wait out you being with this dickhead till I can make my move, you know? Swoop in. Yeah, and like, and you know, and it's got the line, you know, uh, every, yeah, you call me late at night, every time he picks a fight, you know, like, and it's kind of like, he's this guy who's like the, the shoulder to cry on, who's like the girl's best friend, yeah. he's secretly in love with her, it's a fucking great song. What, um, what we'll do as well, Josh, is we'll, we'll put together yeah, a, a little track list, Spotify, a Spotify playlist for this we as well, so, these, we'll, put, we'll put um, them on there. And so anyone that yeah. listens to this can then go over to our Spotify, um, so and have a listen to all these songs as well. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Number four, Curveball, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. Okay. Ah, uh, right, okay, yeah. I, I, that's a song about being yeah. alone, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's a lonely song. It's yeah, a guy for sure. Who's watching his Jesse as a friend. He's always been a good friend of mine. And then he's in love with his mate's girlfriend. Mm. It's a tough, tough one. And, and, and Rick Springfield is another one that, like, I, you know, I, I think he's a really underrated 80s pop star. And I, and I tried to get my mate into him recently, and my mate was like, he's a, like, like John Bon Jovi, he's like, he's a Bruce Springsteen ripoff artist, like a mm. Bruce Springsteen poster boy teen pop version of Springsteen. Yeah. I, think, I think Rick Springfield is amazing. I think I've only ever heard Jesse's Girl. Oh, mate, check out um, uh, Love Somebody, Don't Talk to Strangers. He, he had, like, a 
bunch of great songs. How Do You Talk To Girls. He had all these great 80s pop rock songs. Um, but Jesse's Girl is like, to me, it's the pinnacle of just of pop rock writing. Like, there is no better so pop we're, we're, song. I'm quite intrigued. Well, it has that, it's weird because it's uplifting as well. It has that uplifting tone to it yeah, as well, doesn't I, it? I'm just thinking, like, these are quite... Where did that kind of interest in American 80s garage rock come from? I because you said about the cars earlier and yeah, stuff like I'm that as well. I'm with the cars, yeah. Uh, I think the cars are probably my favourite band of all time. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it came from. My dad didn't really listen to it. My mum... My parents listened to so much varied music, it's difficult for me to... Well, you know, my mum's Mauritians, so there was loads of French music. But she also loved glam rock, like T-Rex and The Sweet. And then my dad was in folk bands and Kaylee bands and Shanty. Who was the, who was the big rapper in the beginning of the 90s? My, my well, one French. That's, that's, that rapped in is Creole, isn't it? Is it Creole, the, 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 uh, the dialect? Creole. don't know. I don't know. Um, MC, was it Solo? MC Solo. Yeah, it was, I used to French, listen to stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. decent. Yeah. Did he have a hit here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure he was Mauritian. Really? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Well, you think I'd know that? Yeah, yeah. I probably yeah. got that wrong. I probably got that wrong. No, he was a magician. Guess what, guess what. <laughs> ah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think Jesse's Girl is like one of the most perfect pop songs ever written. The middle eight is one note. Like just, just to, if you can just if you can write a section of a song that's one chord, genius. And like, and it also has my favorite lyric ever in the second verse, which is. <laughs> Which goes, you know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Just Brilliant. to get the word moot in, <laughs> into a song in itself. Yeah, yeah, I've not really, yeah. I can't think of a time I've seen that in a lyric. No. Is there, have you ever heard moot in a song no, before? Really no, really no. And then no. the middle eighties, and I'm looking in the mirror, because he was this hot guy as well. Yeah. He was this, Rick Springfield, he's still a good looking guy. And the middle eighties, and I'm looking in the mirror all the time, wondering what she don't see in me. I've been funny, I've been cool with the lines. Ain't that the way love's supposed to be? And it's just like, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Looking in the mirror, like, what are you doing? Like, you know bon John Bon Jovi does that all the time. Dude, going back to that, John Bo that Bon Jovi documentary, the, one of the documentarians asks him in the film, do you miss playing small venues? And this amazing thing happens where John Bon Jovi tries to top what he's saying. And you can see his brain processing how he tops himself. So he decides to, he decides to just have a, he, uh, like a triplet of, of, uh, of things he says, so each one improves on the last oh, thing he said, brilliant. but he runs out of ideas as he's doing it. And the documentarian <laughs> goes, do you miss playing small venues? And he goes, the band has always catered to, to big venues, and I'm very comfortable with that. And, you know, people ask me, you know, do I miss seeing the whites of people's eyes? And then the triplet like, starts. <laughs> and he goes, fuck that. I want to play the desert. And then he pauses, kind of looks to the side for the next thing to go to say. And he goes, I want to play the desert and sell it out. And he pauses and just goes, more than once. <laughs> <laughs> he upset oh. me. He was in a, I think he, he starred because he's done some roles. And he starred in a John Carpenter's movie, Vampires. And that upset me. Because up until that point, I was a And yeah. it, wasn't even John, it wasn't even John, I keep wanting to say John Bovey. Um, because... Know that thing that went around social media, the uh, really shit tattoo that, does it say, <laughs> but it's got, it's, it's one of their lyrics and it's just got John Bovey <laughs> underneath it. And I just thought that's the worst, the best worst tattoo I've ever seen. And then I was reading mm. the thing and 
do you know, do you know Felix and Orlando? You know the Maccabees, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Fee's label, um, Yalla. Yalla. I think it's one of the guys from Magic Gang. That's his on his arm. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> that's he owned, if, you, if that's true. Did he get it yeah. done as a joke? Is it ironic? Yeah. yeah. What does it it's say? Ironic it's, I'm sure it's like a... I've got to but find it on the, my phone. what's the lyric? I can't it's, remember the lyric. I'm sure it's one of the lyrics, and then it's just got John... Like, John Bovey. John Bovey. I'm sure I'm going to find it. But, um, He's an amazing, John Bon Jovi is a, an amazing lyricist, however you want to interpret his lyrics, like um, Always by Bon Jovi, do you know that song? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. my one of my favorite music videos ever because yeah. it's just what goes on. What happens in oh that? Oh my god! Okay, so the music video, in a nutshell, is opens on a couple yeah. who are like a hot young couple. Okay, I'm looking at the tattoo. It's amazing. <laughs> it's is my oh, is that's that it. his? John it's my life, John Bovey. Yeah, John <laughs> <laughs> uh, the music video for Always is a couple, young, attractive couple. Girl goes out to get groceries, comes back and sees on the TV screen, because he's wired a camcorder to the TV screen, that her boyfriend is shagging the housemate. Kicks, oh. that, kicks him out. No, sorry, she runs out of the house crying and is sat on a pavement outside a warehouse in tears. And another really good-looking guy who's ner 90s nerdy, he's in a plaid shirt and is clearly buff, but he's wearing glasses. Yeah. So he's, he's a nerd, he's a nerd right? Yeah. Yeah. He picks her up and he's like, hey, what's going on? why are you crying? And takes her up to his warehouse. And then goes, oh, I, I want to paint you. So she, you know, is very coy and is wearing a robe. And he takes his shirt off. And he takes his shirt off while he's painting. Yeah, yeah. And he's buff. And then... It can obstruct our movement. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then she gets really comfortable and removes all her clothes. He paints her naked. She calls her boyfriend the next day and goes, I'm really sorry. And he goes, I'm really sorry. He comes to pick her up from the warehouse. She's had sex with the painter at this point. Oh, he must have took his glasses off then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. She wasn't <laughs> going to do it and then he took the glasses off and she was like, mm. hey, hot stuff. <laughs> Paint this. And uh, There's a hunk under those glasses. <laughs> and then he sees the painting of her naked and throws paint over it and stabs it and stuff with the paintbrush. Gets really upset that even though he's cheated on his girlfriend, he gets really upset that she's then had sex with someone else. And then she runs out of the apartment and then it ends with the boyfriend walking away from the apartment as the nerd painter walks back to his apartment and the apartment explodes. It explodes? Gonna, it explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That hell. sounds like Black Mirror. That's amazing. That's so it sounds like a pitch <laughs> that someone went in to, to pitch the music video and everyone looked like they were getting bored halfway through so he just started making shit up. <laughs> then it just uh, It sounds up. like he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just started <laughs> yeah. making it up from the start. Um, How's it start uh, with a good-looking couple? Tell us more. That was so such a 90s thing. Could you remember that film, She's All That? Yeah, I can't. And it I was can't the, the actress. What was, was the song? Was that "Kiss Me"? Was that the "Kiss song? Me"? Was in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it was. Um, it's one of Stuart Tyrell's favourite movies. That the, the actress was called Rachel Lee Cook, and she right. was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But in this film, they put some thick-rimmed glasses on her. <laughs> no boys are interested. Cook's and not. she turns up, and the prom glasses are off. Oh my God, she's a, she's a straight eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift was trying to trying to pull that off, wasn't she? Until, yeah. until a couple of years ago, she yeah. was like, "I'm just a mid mid like mid country." Western girl in yeah. thick glasses. I'm just a little nerd. And it's like, come on. Yeah. No, you're not. You look like, a, like an angelic statue made of marble. <laughs> no one is buying that. Brilliant. Um, okay, okay, okay. So that's three of my top five. Okay. So uh, is this two? This is number... I, they're not in order. Oh, right. They're not. I okay. I couldn't... Hmm. I, could, I had I Want You by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. Oh, Do you know that song? Nice oh, you know that song? Great. Have you seen the film? I Want You. 
No. Ah, oh, there's a film called I Want You, and I can't think who directs it, and it's beautiful English actress. Oh, uh, oh fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's a, it's a British I, film. She's a great actress, fuck, fuck, fuck. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, my God. She's... Oh, it's the one... Oh, fucking hell. I'm going to think of it in a minute. I'm going to look it up. And that was where I first heard that song. So this was mid-80s, late 80s? No, I, I, I didn't have, like... I'm, I, I loved all the kind of early Costello and the traction stuff. Okay. I'd never had Blood and Chocolate. Then I saw this film and I heard that song, but... Did they play the whole song in the... The whole song. Really? For the sex scene. Wow. Wow, so there's a Rachel six... Rachel White's. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's her and... I can't think what the the the, the, the guy is that that she, it's a it's a dark film. So this is nineties. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, oh, but nineties Rachel Weisz is like my. I mean, it's smoking hot. And oh you God. like that song? Now. I love her I'm so much. Like, you are you are just fucking honestly. Next time you're wandering around at three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon in your dressing gown, wanking too much, you you need to go and watch that film, man, because that's that's that will soundtrack your wanks for about the next <laughs> fucking six months, man. It's such a sadistic, <laughs> like heartbreak, breakup, love song, lustful. It's it's from Sinister it's a, as fuck. It's from his last album with so there's two things I know a lot about, right? And that's uh uh maybe uh the Concord <laughs> Chet Baker and Elvis <laughs> Costello. Those are the three things that I am obs- I was obsessed with as a kid. And that album is his last album with the Attractions, which you can hear that they hate each other yep. at this point. It's 1986. Some nerd trivia is on the back of the album. They have the musicians' names, pictures of all of them. They have Bruce Thomas, Pete Thomas, Steve Naive, uh, whose name is Steve Naive. Do you know why he's called Steve Naive? It's because when he joined the band when he was 17 years old, and in the second tour, he went, hey, guys, what is a groupie? And that's why they called him Steve Naive. <laughs> um, Love it. And then Elvis Costello's name on the back of the album is Napoleon Dynamite. Right. Which is, no, right. and the film have always denied that that's where they got the name of the film Fuck from. Off. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? And uh, it's an album, uh, I guess he was 32, 33 when he wrote this record. Nick Lowe produced it. It's this pissy, vinegary, divorce, breakup record. I don't know where my career's going. They double track loads of the drums and the bass to get this feel it? it just sounds like a band in a room that hate each other, and 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 there's there's so much anger on that. Like uncomplicated is one chord basically, mm. the opening song, and it's one of uh, uh, Elvis Costello is the king of one-liners as well. Like every every so, every lyric on that album is is an uh, is an amazing one-line. Like what's the, the opening line is uh, blood and chocolate. I hope you, see, you you think when you're over me, there's no one above you. That's a great one from the first song, and the second, I hope you're happy now. Like it's such an angry song about your girlfriend being with a new guy, and like if I knew then what I knew now, I never loved you anyhow. Like there's these amazing so lines. Yeah, wow. was Costello's girlfriend then? Was, was uh, that uh, from, uh, the it was from the Pogues? Yeah, Cot Co- uh, Riordan. Yeah, I think that was yeah. her name. Yeah, Kate or Kate. Caitlin Ariadne, wasn't Kate, it? Kate Riordan, Jordan, Kate, yeah. something. But yeah, uh, and she wrote the lyrics, a lot of the lyrics on that album. She did Crimes of Paris and she did Tokyo Storm Warning as that. well, yeah. And um, I mean, Tokyo Storm Warning is like an unbelievable, like, the sky fell over cheap Korean monster movie scenery. Like, it, the, the lyrics of that album are unbelievable. And I Want You is maybe Elvis Costello's greatest song. And it's six minutes, but it feels like two. And... It starts as this kind of lullaby love song. 
there. And it just goes, it goes, uh, oh, my baby, I love you more than I can tell. I don't think I can live without you, and I know that I never will. And it's a very melodic uh, three-chord love very song. Lullaby, yeah, and it, and it falls apart at the end where he starts adding these notes that don't fit. And, and uh, oh, my baby, baby, um, I love you so it scares me to death. I don't think I can live without you, and I know that I never will. And then th this, this whammy bar, like... Uh, like this discordant chords, yeah, uh, and and then the song c kicks in, and it's just the most, it's this perverse look of on a breakup, or of of him, and you kind of feel like he's getting off on it, like that he's kind of set, he's imagining his girlfriend, ex-wife, whatever, ex-partner, having sex with her new partner, and. The first few times I heard it, I was like, oh, God, that's... And then after a while, you start... I, a few listens, I was like, is he, like, into it? Is he, like... Is he getting turned on by the idea as much as he's repulsed by it? Yeah. It's like... So I've got... The, I can read the lyrics out if you want. Yeah, it's, go um, for it. It's, I want you... You had your... So the, I want you is the refrain that keeps the start of yeah. every line at the end of every line. So it's, I want you... You had your fun, you don't get well no more. I want you... Your fingernails go dragging down the wall. I want you... I woke up and one of us was crying. You said, young man, I do believe you're dying. If you need a second opinion, as you seem to do these days, you can look in my eyes and you can count the ways. He goes, I want you, did you mean to tell me but seem to forget? Since when were you so generous and inarticulate? It's the stupid details that my heart is breaking for. It's the way your shoulders shake and what they're shaking for. It's knowing that he knows you now after only guessing. That's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's the great. thought of him undressing you or you undressing. I want you. He tossed some tatty compliment your way when you were fool enough to love it when he said, I want you. And then, I want you. The truth can't hurt you. It's just like the dark. It scares you reckless, but in time, you see things clear and stark. Go on and hurt me, then we'll let it drop. I'm afraid I won't know where to stop. I'm not ashamed to say I cried for you. I want to know... This is the line. I want to know the things you did that we do too. Um, I want to know if he pleases you more than I do. I might as well be useless for all it means to you. Did you call his name out as he held you down? Oh, oh no, uh, I want you, oh no, my darling, not with that clown. And then you had your fun, you don't get well no more. Every night when I go off to bed, I want you. It's just like, and it's just such a sadistic song. And the way they recorded it as well. That the, it the builds and builds, doesn't yeah. it, the music, as it goes on. And at the end of the song, Nick Lowe, the producer, pulled out all of the instrumentation. And all you hear at the end, when he's just saying, I want you, it's just the bleed from his headphones. So it's really? just, yeah, the drums... Uh, the basic guitar, there's an acoustic guitar. I think there might even be a click track in there. But all you can hear is is the is what Elvis Costello hears. So as he's singing his vocal, they take everything out, and all you can hear is the bleed from from everything that was in his headphones. It's f yeah, it's just you need to listen to that song. It's a masterclass yeah. in 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 songwriting. Yeah, and you need to watch that film. I will. <laughs> it's yeah. a cracker, mate. What did you think of his Bacharach album? Um, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I don't know. Like, I've I, I recently watched the, the documentary. I think it was a couple of years old, and they put it back on the iPlayer about a month ago, where he goes back to where he was born and stuff like that. Have you seen it? No. Oh, the BBC documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did see it. Yeah, that. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I, I just, I just fucking love Pump It Up. I think it's so good. It's a, it's just the one line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just, I do like. Out, what's the line? Out in the fashion, down in the fashion, out in the fashion show, down in the bargain bin. It's like, yeah, yeah. 
He was so good at these like punch, like every lyric was, is a punch in yeah. the face, especially with those first two. The opening line of his first album of My Aim Is True is now that your picture's in the paper being rhythmically admired, yeah. which means someone's jacking off yeah, to a yeah, picture. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it's like, it just gets totally, it's such a brilliant line. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't want to kiss it. When the things in my head start hurting my mind, yeah. like um, every time I phone you, I just want to put you down. It's like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. He was on fire. I mean, I love Get Happy as well. I think that's a really underrated yeah. Elvis Costello records. Yeah. I just think I just think he's he can do it all, can't he? Mm -hmm. Like he can turn his hand to anything. I, I love the, the, the kind of the early pop stuff. I can't stand up for falling down. I think he's fucking mm -hmm. genius. Yeah. But even some of the, the the kind of mid to late eighties stuff, like the singles like Veronica and stuff. Like that, I really like Veronica. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got to admit. A, he wrote that with uh, Paul McCartney, didn't he? Really? Mm. Veronica was him, yeah. That's Is It All in That Pretty yeah. Little Head. Yeah. yeah, that's him and McCartney, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they wrote like five songs together, and I think one ended up on, is that on Spike? Yes. Yeah, and then uh, McCartney used one for one of his solo records as well. Right. But, um, yeah, he's, I mean, I really like North as well. That's a really overlooked, that's like early 2000s, and that's like an album of love songs of him meeting his wife, falling in love with her. Because he's married to... Diana Krull. Diana Krull, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you could just... Uh, he's got more good albums than bad albums, yeah. I think. You know, and, and uh, it's a shame that he stopped. But equally, I like when people do that. Yeah. He just was like, have you, have you read his book? No. He, and even in his book, he's like, what's the point? He's like, no one's buying records. Like, what's the point? And he's like, I have this great back catalogue. I can just go out every few years, play those songs, and make ten times the money that I'd make from an album sale. So, you know. Um, what's my last song? My what last song. What made you song, pick this for your top five? Why? Yeah, yeah. What, made you, what drew you to this? Top five end? lonely songs? Yeah, yeah. I think probably just because I feel quite lonely a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can get into that, but it's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. I don't know why. I don't know why I picked it. It was, I think, probably because it was the first one that I came up with, and I, I think I was listening to, I think I was listening to this this uh, Bobby Darren song, um, "I Want to Be Around," which is a jazz standard, and uh, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I've always gravitated towards the darker side of songwriting. Yeah. I think, and I don't mean dark like gothic or you know uh, sadistic but just like um love songs are great melancholic as well yeah like a, a love song like there's loads of good love songs mm. and i've been in love and love's you know it's fun for a while and then it gets really shit and <laughs> and like <laughs> that's when everyone writes the best songs exactly yeah. right? right those are my favorite love songs are the ones heartbreak that, uh, and, and tragic love songs like you know girl by the beatles yeah, oh. it's like is there ultimate oh, lonely song Eleanor Rigby, yeah. that mm. fucking lonely yeah. song. Very <laughs> and the way he says lonely yeah. in the Ah, oh, look at all the lonely. He, yeah. did not, he did not try to sound American in yeah. any way, shape, or form in that song. And like, girl, you know, she's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry. Still, you don't regret a single day. It's like, there's a, they're dark lyrics. And yeah. like, I just, I. But they're also ones that you relate to once you're on the other side of it or when you're going through it oh as yeah. well. Because when you do start going through your first sort of breakup and you do find your first love, but then you see the sour end of it and you hear those songs, and you're like, oh, this means a whole different thing to me now because mm. I've been there, I've experienced it. Yeah. And so, and like, yeah, it has that depth. The, um, 
Summer Wind, Frank Sinatra. Yep. Do you know that one? And it's a song that I, I may have interpreted it as as, as this. How does that go, Josh? It's the summer wind oh, came strolling yeah, in mm -hmm. from across yeah, really the sea. Song. And it's the and it's idea that, the, that that his relationship is is three people. It's him, it's his other half, and it's the summer wind. So the summer wind came strolling in from across the sea. It lingered there and touched your hair and walked with me or something like that. And then the girl leaves, and then at the end of the song, it's just him and the summer wind. Yeah. And there's this bitterness now in him being hit by this this cool breeze because it reminds him of being like that's an unbelievable yeah, like yeah. to come up with a concept like that, to that that the wind can somehow be this lonely partner in a relationship yeah. or can remind you of of being in love is so fucking dark and horrible. I love it, and I so that's probably why I'm drawn to these songs. Yeah, like the, my fifth one is Bobby Darren. I want to be around. Do you know that I've song? I've never heard that. It's a two-minute song. That has become like Tony Bennett sang it, and I th think Frank Sinatra sang it. Everyone has had their pop at this song. But my bo the Bobby Darren version is, is my favorite one. It's, it's like two minutes long. I think it was the first version of the song I heard. And it's just about him saying, it's him saying, I want to be around when your next boyfriend breaks your heart. And it's this really like Schadenfreude, horrible look at him of, of, uh, of a breakup. I think the lyrics are, I want to be around to pick up the pieces when somebody breaks your heart, somebody twice as smart as I. Um, and then it's, I want to be around, uh, some, um, no. Somebody who swears to be true like you used to do with me. Um, and someone uh, who'll leave you to learn that misery loves company, wait and see. And he goes, I want to be around to see how he does it when he breaks your heart to bits. Let's see if the puzzle fits, so fine. And he goes, and that's when I'll discover that revenge is sweet as I sit there applauding from a front row seat. It's just a lyrical, it's just the lyrics bounce. The lyrics are just so bouncy. There isn't a piece of fat in any of those yeah. words, yeah. you know? And also it just totally sums up like, you know, like when you heard that your partner's been dumped and they dumped you, they broke your heart and now you've heard <laughs> they've had their heart broken. And you know you shouldn't like that feeling. Yeah. But it's a human feeling to go, ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah. ah, gutted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all falling apart for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my top five. Those are my top five lonely songs. But th I think, th I think they're all kind of quite uplifting in a way as well. That's Maybe. the weirdness because I, so a lot of my favourite music, my friends will sometimes be like, turn that shit off now, Chris, because it is really moody and brooding. And I love it, but I don't, although it has, it's quite atmospheric, like I'd say like Rabbit in Your Headlights by Uncle, which has got um, Tom, Tom York on it. And, and I love that song. Is that the it, one in the tunnel? Yeah, yeah amazing yeah. music video. Yeah. And um, and that's James Lavelle in the tunnel, I think. Who they, they pull up and start talking to him. What, what and, tunnel um, is? Sorry, this is such a nerdy uh, question. Is that the Rotherhithe Tunnel? What tunnel is it? I don't know actually. Is it Rotherhithe or is it? Because um, I, I think Black it's Ball. four lanes in the video. Rotherhithe's two lanes. I don't know. I don't know what tunnel that is. Yeah. What's your favourite tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> Top oh, five tunnels. This was turning out like an Alan fucking Partridge scene. <laughs> then. <laughs> I like the Rotherhithe northbound. <laughs> I can hold Classic my breath. Dartford. <laughs> Blackwall. Do you know why tunnels? Do you know why tunnels have bends in them? Because obviously, logically, it would make mm. sense to just build a straight tunnel. Sure. Right. Tunnels have bends in them uh, because when a horse used to see the end of the tunnel, it would it would bolt freak out and bolt towards the end. So they had to put bends in them so the horses wouldn't all panic. Which is why the Shit. northbound Blackwall Tunnel, which is yeah. built in the 60s, is straight, and the southbound Blackwall Tunnel has bends in it. I think maybe we use that one. We, we do audio caption, Josh, for this, and we'll put up <laughs> one line. To top five tunnels. Top five tunnels. I could do a top five tunnels. I love tunnels. You know the ones that go through mountains? 
Yeah, or I, trees. Oh, oh t- a tunnel through a tree. When, when, we, when, we, when we finish this, I'm going to show you the best tunnel you've ever seen. Oh my god, that sounds fucking yeah, wrong. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, <coughs> she, she's got some strange social groups. Yeah. Um, do, you know, do you know what? I, it's the same with when, when I, I listen to morose music yeah. a lot, and I get in a car, and my wife and children generally will be listening to Kiss or something yeah. like that, which I just think just get through it just get through it <laughs> it's her car she can listen to what she wants yeah. she gets in my car she's like what's this and I'm like oh it's uh, Festival Weeks by Van Morrison she went it's, it's dreadful <laughs> turn it off and it's like that I can't listen to that I can't listen to what's going on anymore because she's like I can't ever hear that again I'm not allowed to listen to any Nick Cave uh, I'm not allowed to listen to uh, Billy Bragg yeah Oh, Lena Cohen. I'm, like I'm the, really uh, not allowed to listen got, to Lena Cohen. Do you know the, the Billy Bragg song, Everybody Loves You, Babe, But Me? Yeah. From uh, Will Self. Yeah. No, Will, William Bloke. Yep. Is that what the album's called? Yeah, it was William Bloke. That is like, I think that's his best song uh, by a mile. I'd, 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 we, we, done, uh, a, we went on Pip's podcast a couple of months back and done um, Top, Top Five Songs to Make You Cry. Make You Cry, yeah. And, uh, and Billy was two of my five. Yeah. What were they? Um, Tank Park Salute. Yeah. If you, do you know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, j- just the opening lines of Kiss Me Goodnight and Say My Prayers, Leave the Light on the Top Ugh. of the Stairs, Dad, is it true that we all have to die? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Like, what about shipbuilding? Um, do you know what? It don't do it for me as really? it does How everyone can it else. Do it for you? It, it's it, an unbelievable I song know. about, about a, pe- a dad I know. who builds the ship. Yeah. That his son goes off to war in and dies. Yep. But that's an ama- oh. but, but you know what Pip chose what? that is in the same vein. Which we was like, You fucking joking. Then you This is a bit it. of a Woody Allen one. He said Two Little Boys by Rolf Harris. Uh, do, you, do you know it? Uh no. Yeah. It's 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 a good song. Fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a good song. About two friends that uh, like grow up together and they go to war together. And it just, it's a reflection of when one of them gets injured and how he gets him. Oh, it's, it's really fucking sad, but you can't yeah, listen to it. I'm assuming that's not the one with the didgeridoo. No, no. And that's not the one with the... I'm sure there was probably some of that going on in the recording studio, but yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Boing. It's Remember that? <laughs> Boing. Can you guess what it is yet, mate? Oh, dear. Josh, thanks so much, mate, for coming on. Thank you. Um, we've done like a top five, but little top five branches off there yeah absolutely and, and we kept and it to just over an hour so that's pretty what impressive what I will say is the fives that we didn't do we will be nicking them and, and doing them, uh, All of them. For, for ourselves as well <laughs> yeah. now because they're fucking great lists <laughs> yeah man uh, yeah it's outstanding is this I think is this top five top five this is top five lonely songs yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. in brackets top five top fives yeah, yeah. it's going to be the Spoiled largest Spotify choice. playlist because we've just gone off on a fucking tangent <laughs> as part about all things music which is great tweet in when this comes out I hope you don't mind us linking you in on Twitter and whatnot when we post all the I would the rather sort of you stuff didn't. out and then um, <laughs> <laughs> and let's hear your top five uh, lonely songs yeah and any comments about the other top fives that um, Josh has sort of like shown to us today as yeah. well tweet us all your uh, Bon Jovi toes as well <laughs> favourite Bon Jovi lyrics John's as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wicked. Well, thank you very much for mate, having me. Josh, pleasure. thanks loads, This mate. was a nightmare to pick a top it's five. It's, it's crazy. It was a nightmare. Yeah, but you've done well because you managed to get most of them in. So all the ones that you weren't sure you was going to do or not, we just done <laughs> them anyway. Yeah, that's You got, yeah, you got, that's, you uh, got uh, your uh, money's worth out of that uh, yeah. nightmare. 
And that's why that's why we did it as a podcast. We didn't know what we'd do as a podcast. We thought, fucking, let's do a top five. I only got the pun of the name yesterday, by the way, as well. Because <laughs> I've been following the account on, on uh, or following your account for ages, right? And Pip, so I've been seeing it for years. And I, or, or, well, the last year, but I, I only just understood what hardcore <laughs> listings <laughs> listing is is like what it's ripping i was uh, i was <laughs> trying literally to, what it's ripping i was, yeah. try, <laughs> I was trying to convince you for our logo to be the swan the weeping swan which is a common fisting technique <laughs> but they were like no chris that's too in your face we can't we can't go the that what far swan? the weeping swan the weeping swan fuck yeah, me yeah, today i've, I've <laughs> no no mate yeah. the weeping swan and I've, i saw a brown swan <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> The brown swan, that is the remarkable. That's a, I, I, I can't tweet it because I don't want to tweet a picture of poo. Yeah. But I can say who it is. It's Jeff Lloyd. Do you know Jeff Lloyd, the DJ? Really? That's his poo. Jeff, if you're listening to he's not listening to this. He <laughs> sent me a picture of his poo called the, and he called it the brown swan. Like, he sent it to me like four years ago. And every six months, I text him and I'm like, when I'm drunk, and I'm like, oh, you need to resend it. And, and true to <laughs> he sends it phone. every time, two yeah. minutes after. He's so, he's still very proud of that, of that, of and that bowel movement. And we've seen that, and he should be. He it's, should be, it's, man. Yeah, it's magnificent. That triggered a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, um, yeah, let's leave it at that. Bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Josh, again, Thank man. Thanks so much for having me. There you have it. Josh Weller. What a great chat. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. It, it, was, it was a last-minute change of, of top fives, and I'm, and I'm glad he, he, he done it, because it, it, obviously it was more muso chat, which is always good. And, yeah, he's brilliant. Um, if you enjoyed that, also be aware that um, Josh is, as, as recorded an episode of Off The Beat and Track podcast as well, so there'll be more music chat uh, with Josh over there. Um, and if you like your guitar band or musician hardcore listing chat, then have a look at our back catalogue. You know, we've, we've we've chatted to some some indie royalty, Block Party, The Smiths, um, blimey, The Maccabees. Uh, oh God, there's way too many indie bands that we've chatted to and a musician. So go and have a little look through the back catalogue. Um, yeah, that's about all from me. So um, we will see you next week. Um, have a lovely week. Thanks for listening. See you soon. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.